Part 7 From his beginning to preach to the Indians at Cross Wixong, till he returned from his last journey to Susquehanna ill with the consumption whereof he died. We are now come to that part of Mr. Brainerd's life, wherein he had his greatest success, in his labors for the good of souls, and in his particular business as a missionary to the Indians. An account of which, if you're published, would doubtless be very entertaining to the reader, after he has seen, by the preceding parts of this account of his life, how great and long continued his desires for the spiritual good of this sort of people were. How he prayed, labored, and wrestled, and how much he denied himself, and suffered, to this end. After all Mr. Brainerd's agonizing in prayer, and travailing in birth, for the conversion of Indians, and all the interchanges of his raised hopes and expectations, and then disappointments and discouragements. And after waiting in a way of persevering prayer, labor, and suffering, as it were through a long night. At length the day dawns weeping continues for a night, but joy comes in the morning. He went forth weeping, bearing precious seed, and now he comes with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. The desired event is brought to pass at last. But at a time, in a place, and upon subjects, the scarce ever entered into his heart. An account of this would undoubtedly now much gratify the Christian reader and it should have been here inserted, as it stands in his diary, had it not been, that a particular account of this glorious and wonderful success was drawn up by Mr. Brainerd himself, pursuant to the order of the Honorable Society in Scotland, and published by him in his lifetime. I hope those of my readers, who are not already possessed of his public journal, will procure one of those books, that they may not be without that which in some respects is the most remarkable, and to a Christian mind would be the most pleasant part, of the whole story. That the reader who is furnished with one of those books, may know the place where the defects of this history are to be supplied from thence, I shall either expressly observe it as I go along, or else make a dash or stroke thus. Which when the reader finds in this seventh part of this history, he is to understand by it, that in that place something in Mr. Brainerd's diary, worth observing, is left out, because the same for substance was published before in his printed journal. Slash Wednesday, June 19, 1745. Road to the Indians at Cross Wixong found few at home. Discourse to them, however, and observed them very serious and attentive. At night I was extremely worn out, and scarce able to walk or sit up. Oh, how tiresome is earth! How do the body? Thursday, June 20th. Torb's night preached to the Indians again. And had more hearers than before in the evening enjoyed some peace and serenity of mind, some composure and comfort in prayer alone. And was enabled to lift up my head with some degree of joy, under an apprehension that my redemption draws nigh. Oh, blessed be God, that there remains a rest to his poor weary people. Friday, June 21st. Rode to Freehold, to see Mr. William Tennant. And spent the day comfortably with him. My sinking spirits were a little raised and encouraged. And I felt my soul breathing after God, in the midst of Christian conversation. And in the evening, was refreshed in secret prayer. Saw myself a poor worthless creature, without wisdom to direct, or strength to help myself. Oh, blessed be God, that lays me under a happy, a blessed necessity of living upon himself. Saturday, June 22nd. About noon rode to the Indians again. And near night preached to them. Found my body much strengthened, 
and was enabled to speak with abundant plainness and warmth. And the power of God evidently attended the word. So that sundry persons were brought under great concern for their souls, and made to shed many tears, and to wish for Christ to save them. My soul was much refreshed, and quickened in my work and I could not but spend much time with them, in order to open both their misery and remedy. This was indeed a sweet afternoon to me. While riding, before I came to the Indians, my spirits were refreshed, and my soul enabled to cry to God almost incessantly, for many miles together in the evening also I found the consolations of God were not small I was then willing to live, and in some respects desirous of it, that I might do something for the dear kingdom of Christ. And yet death appeared pleasant so that I was in some measure in a strait between two, having a desire to depart. I am often weary of this world, and want to leave it on that account. But it is desirable to be drawn, rather than driven, out of it. In the four next days is nothing remarkable in his diary, but what is in his public journal. Thursday, June 27. My soul rejoiced to find, that God enabled me to be faithful, and that he was pleased to awaken these poor Indians by my means. Oh how heart reviving and soul refreshing is it to me to see the fruit of my labors. Friday, June 28 in the evening my soul was revived, and my heart lifted up to God in prayer, for my poor Indians, myself, and friends, and the dear church of God. And oh how refreshing, how sweet was this! Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not his goodness and tender mercy. Saturday, June 29. Preached twice to the Indians. And could not but wonder at their seriousness, and the strictness of their attention. Blessed be God that has inclined their hearts to hear. And oh how refreshing it is to me, to see them attend with such uncommon diligence and affection, with tears in their eyes, and concern in their hearts. In the evening could not but lift up my heart to God in prayer, while riding to my lodgings. And blessed be his name, had assistance and freedom. Oh how much better than life is the presence of God. His diary gives an account of nothing remarkable on the two next days besides what is in his public journal. Accepting his heart being lifted up with thankfulness, rejoicing in God, etc. Tuesday, July 2nd. Rode from the Indians to Brunswick, near 40 miles, and lodged there. Felt my heart drawn out after God in prayer, almost all the forenoon. Especially while riding. And in the evening, could not help crying to God for those poor Indians. And after I went to bed, my heart continued to go out to God for them, till I dropped asleep. Oh blessed be God that I may pray. He was so fatigued by constant preaching to these Indians, yielding to their earnest and importunate desires, that he found it necessary to give himself some relaxation. He spent therefore about a week in New Jersey, after he left these Indians, visiting several ministers, and performing some necessary business, before he went to the Forks of Delaware. And though he was very weak in body, yet he seems to have been strong in spirit. On Friday, July 12th, he arrived at his own house in the Forks of Delaware. Continuing still free from melancholy. From day to day, enjoying freedom, assistance, and refreshment in the inner man. But on Wednesday, the next week, he seems to have had some melancholy thoughts about his doing so little for God, being so much hindered by weakness of body. Thursday, July 18th. Long to spend the little inch of time I have in the world more for God. 
felt a spirit of seriousness, tenderness, sweetness, and devotion, and wished to spend the whole night in prayer and communion with God. Friday, July 19th in the evening walked abroad for prayer and meditation, and enjoyed composure and freedom in these sweet exercises. Especially in meditation on Rev 3.12. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, etc. This was then a delightful theme to me, and it refreshed my soul to dwell upon it. Oh, when shall I go no more out from the service and enjoyment of the dear Lord? Lord, hasten the blessed day. Within the space of the next six days he speaks of much inward refreshment and enlargement, from time to time. Friday, July 26th in the evening God was pleased to help me in prayer, beyond what I have experienced for some time. Especially my soul was drawn out for the enlargement of Christ's kingdom, and for the conversion of my poor people and my soul relied on God for the accomplishment of that great work. Oh, how sweet were the thoughts of death to me at this time. Oh, how I long to be with Christ, to be employed in the glorious work of angels, and with an angel's freedom, vigor, and delight. And yet how willing was I to stay a while on earth, that I might do something, if the Lord pleased, for his interest in the world. My soul, my very soul, longed for the ingathering of the poor heathen. And I cried to God for them most willingly and heartily. I could not but cry. This was a sweet season. For I had some lively taste of heaven, and a temper of mine suited in some measure to the employment and entertainments of it. My soul was grieved to leave the place. But my body was weak and worn out, and it was near nine o'clock. Oh, I longed that the remaining part of my life might be filled up with more fervency and activity in the things of God. Oh the inward peace, composure, and God-like serenity of such a frame. Heaven must needs differed from this only in degree, and not in kind. Lord, ever give me this bread of life. Much of this frame seemed to continue the next day. Lord's Day, July 28th in the evening my soul was melted, and my heart broken, with a sense of past barrenness and deadness and oh, how I then longed to live to God, and bring forth much fruit to His glory. Monday, July 29th was much exercised with a sense of vileness, with guilt and shame before God. For the things remarkable, while he was this time at the Forks of Delaware, the reader must be referred to his public journal. As particularly for his labors and success there among the Indians on Wednesday, July 31st, he set out on his return to Cross Wixung, and arrived there the next day in his way thither, he had longing desires that he might come to the Indians there, in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Attended with a sense of his own great weakness, dependence, and worthlessness. Friday, August 2nd in the evening I retired, and my soul was drawn out in prayer to God. Especially for my poor people, to whom I had sent word that they might gather together, that I might preach to them the next day. I was much enlarged in praying for their saving conversion and scarce ever found my desires of anything of this nature so sensibly and clearly to my own satisfaction disinterested, and free from selfish views. It seemed to me I had no care, or hardly any desire, to be the instrument of so glorious a work, as I wished and prayed for among the Indians if the blessed work might be accomplished to the honor of God, and the enlargement of the dear Redeemer's kingdom, this was all my desire and care. And for this mercy I hoped, but with trembling. For I felt what Job expresses, 
Chapter 9:16. If I had called, and he had answered, etc. My rising hopes, respecting the conversion of the Indians, have been so often dashed, that my spirit is as it were broken, and courage wasted, and I hardly dare hope. Concerning his labors and marvelous success amongst the Indians, for the following ten days, let the reader see his public journal. The things worthy of note in his diary, not there published, are his earnest and importunate prayers for the Indians, and the travail of his soul for them from day to day and his great refreshment and joy in beholding the wonderful mercy of God, and the glorious manifestations of his power and grace in his work among them, and his ardent thanksgivings to God, his heart rejoicing in Christ, as king of his church, and king of his soul in particular, at the sacrament of the Lord's Supper at Mr. McKnight's meeting house, together with a sense of his own exceeding unworthiness, which sometimes was attended with dejection and melancholy. Monday. August 19th. Near noon, I rode to Freehold, and preached to a considerable assembly, from Matthew 5-3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, etc. It pleased God to leave me to be very dry and barren. So that I do not remember to have been so straitened for a whole twelve month past. God is just, and he has made my soul acquiesce in his will in this regard. It is contrary to flesh and blood, to be cut off from all freedom, in a large auditory, where their expectations were much raised but so it was with me. And God helped me to say Amen to it. Good is the will of the Lord. In the evening I felt quiet and composed, and had freedom and comfort in secret prayer. Tuesday, August 20th. Was composed and comfortable, still in a resigned frame. Traveled from Mr. Tennant's in Freehold to Elizabethtown. Was refreshed to see friends, and relate to them what God had done and was still doing, among my poor people. Wednesday, August 21st. Spent the forenoon in conversation with M. R. Dickinson, contriving something for the settlement of the Indians together in a body, that they might be under better advantages for instruction. In the afternoon spent time agreeably with other friends. Wrote to my brother at college but was grieved that time slid away, while I did so little for God. Friday, August 23rd in the morning was very weak but favored with some freedom and sweetness in prayer was composed and comfortable in mind. Afternoon road to Crossweek sung to my poor people. Saturday, August 24th. Had composure and peace, while riding from the Indians to my lodgings was enabled to pour out my soul to God for dear friends in New England. Felt a sweet tender frame of spirit my soul was composed and refreshed in God. Had likewise freedom and earnestness in praying for my dear people blessed be God. Oh the peace of God that passeth all understanding. It is impossible to describe time sweet peace of conscience, and tenderness of soul, I then enjoyed. Oh the blessed foretastes of heaven. Lord's Day, August 25th. I rode to my lodgings in the evening, blessing the Lord for his gracious visitation of the Indians and the soul-refreshing things I had seen time day passed amongst them, and praying that God would still carry on his divine work among them. Monday, August 26th. I went from the Indians to my lodgings, rejoicing for the goodness of God to my poor people, and enjoyed freedom of soul in prayer, and other duties, in the evening. Bless the Lord, O my soul. The next day he set out on a journey towards the forks of Delaware designing to go from thence to Susquehanna, before he returned to Crossweeksung. 
it was five days from his departure from Cross Wixung, before he reached the Forks, going round by the way of Philadelphia, and waiting on the governor of Pennsylvania, to get a recommendation from him to the chiefs of the Indians. Which he obtained. He speaks of much comfort and spiritual refreshment in this journey. And also a sense of his exceeding unworthiness, thinking himself the meanest creature that ever lived. Lord's Day, September 1st. At the Forks of Delaware God gave me the spirit of prayer, and it was a blessed season in that respect. My soul cried to God for mercy, in an affectionate manner in the evening also my soul rejoiced in God. His private diary has nothing remarkable, for the two next days, but what is in his public journal. Wednesday, September 4th. Rode 15 miles to an Irish settlement, and preached there from Luke 14:22. And yet there is room. God was pleased to afford me some tenderness and enlargement in the first prayer, and much freedom, as well as warmth, in sermon. There were many tears in the assembly the people of God seemed to melt, and others to be in some measure awakened. Blessed be the Lord, that lets me see his work going on in one place and another. The account for Thursday is the same for substance as in his public journal. Friday, September 6th. Enjoyed some freedom and intenseness of mind and prayer alone. And longed to have my soul more warmed with divine and heavenly things. Was somewhat melancholy towards night, and longed to die and quit a scene of sin and darkness. But was a little supported in prayer. This melancholy continued the next day. Lord's Day, September 8th in the evening God was pleased to enlarge me in prayer, and give me freedom at the throne of grace. I cried to God for the enlargement of his kingdom in the world, and in particular among my dear people. Was also enabled to pray for many dear ministers of my acquaintance, both in these parts and in New England. And also for other dear friends in New England. And my soul was so engaged and enlarged in the sweet exercise, that I spent near an hour in it, and knew not how to leave the mercy seat. Oh, how I delighted to pray and cry to God. I saw God was both able and willing to do all that I desired, for myself and friends, and his church in general. I was likewise much enlarged and assisted in family prayer, and afterwards, when I was just going to bed, God helped me to renew my petitions with ardency and freedom. Oh, it was to me a blessed evening of prayer. Bless the Lord, O my soul. The next day he set out from the forks of Delaware to go to Susquehanna. And on the fifth day of his journey he arrived at Shamaking, a large Indian town on Susquehanna River. He performed the journey under a considerable degree of melancholy. Saturday, September 14th. At Shamaking in the evening my soul was enlarged and sweetly engaged in prayer. Especially that God would set up his kingdom in this place, where the devil now reigns in the most eminent manner. And I was enabled to ask this for God, for his glory and because I longed for the enlargement of his kingdom, to the honor of his dear name. I could appeal to God with the greatest freedom, that he knew it was his dear cause, and not my own, that engaged my heart and my soul cried, Lord, set up thy kingdom, for thine own glory. Glorify thyself. And I shall rejoice. Get honor to thy blessed name. And this is all I desire. Do with me just what thou wilt. Blessed be thy name forever, that thou art God, and that thou wilt glorify thyself. Oh that the whole world might glorify thee. Oh let these poor people be brought to know thee, and love thee, 
for the glory of thy dear ever blessed name. I could not but hope, that God would bring in these miserable, wicked Indians. Though there appeared little human probability of it. For they were then dancing and revealing, as if possessed by the devil. But yet I hoped, though against hope, that God would be glorified, and that his name would be glorified by these poor Indians. I continued long in prayer and praise to God. and had great freedom, enlargement, and sweetness, remembering dear friends in New England, as well as the people of my charge. Was entirely free from that dejection of spirit with which I am frequently exercised. Blessed be God. His diary from this time to September 22nd, the last day of his continuance among the Indians at Susquehanna, is not legible, by reason of the badness of the ink. It was probably written with the juice of some berries found in the woods, having no other ink in that wilderness. So that for this space of time the reader must be wholly referred to his public journal. On Monday September 23rd, he left the Indians, in order to return to the forks of Delaware, in a very weak state of body, and under dejection of mind, which continued the two first days of his journey. Wednesday, September 25th. Rode still homeward in the forenoon enjoyed freedom and intenseness of mind and meditation on Job 42 5, 6. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. But now mine eye see thee wherefore I abhor myself, and repent in dust and ashes. The Lord gave me clearness to penetrate into the sweet truths contained in that text. It was a comfortable and sweet season to me. Thursday, September 26th. Was still much disordered in body and able to ride but slowly. Continued my journey, however. Near night, arrived at the Irish settlement, about fifteen miles from mine own house. This day, while riding, I was much exercised with the sense of my barrenness. And verily thought there was no creature that had any true grace, but what was more spiritual and fruitful. I could not think that any of God's children made so poor a hand of living to God. Friday, September 27th. Spent a considerable time in the morning in prayer and praise to God. My mind was somewhat intense in the duty, and my heart in some degree warmed with a sense of divine things. My soul was melted to think that God had accounted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, notwithstanding all my barrenness and deadness. My soul was also in some measure enlarged in prayer for the dear people of my charge, as well as for other dear friends in the afternoon visited some Christian friends, and spent the time, I think, profitably my heart was warmed, and more engaged in the things of God in the evening I enjoyed enlargement, warmth, and comfort in prayer my soul relied on God for assistance and grace to enable me to do something in His cause. My heart was drawn out in thankfulness to God for what He had done for His own glory among my poor people of late. I felt encouraged to proceed in His work, being persuaded of His power, and hoping His arm might be further revealed for the enlargement of his dear kingdom and my soul rejoiced in hope of the glory of God, in hope of the advancement of his declarative glory in the world, as well as of enjoying him in a world of glory. Oh, blessed be God, the living God, forever. He continued in this comfortable, sweet frame of mind the two next days. On the day following he went to his own house, in the forks of Delaware, and continued still in the same frame. The next day, which was Tuesday, he visited his Indians. Wednesday he spent mostly in writing the meditations he had in his late journey in Susquehanna. On Thursday he left the forks of Delaware, and traveled towards Crossweeksung, 
where he arrived on Saturday, October 5th, and continued from day to day in a comfortable state of mind. There is nothing material in this diary for this day and the next, but what is in his printed journal. Monday, October 7th. Being called by the church and people of East Hampton on Long Island, as a member of a council, to assist and advise in affairs of difficulty in that church, I set out on my journey this morning, before it was well light, and traveled to Elizabethtown, and there lodged. Enjoyed some comfort on the road, in conversation with Mr. William Tennant, who was sent for on the same business. He prosecuted his journey with the other ministers who were sent for. And did not return till October 24th. While he was at East Hampton, the importance of the business that the council were come upon, lay with such weight on his mind, and he was so concerned for the interest of religion in that place, that he slept but little for several nights successively. In his way to and fro from East Hampton, he had several seasons of sweet refreshment, wherein his soul was enlarged and comforted with divine consolations, in secret retirement. And he had special assistance in public ministerial performances in the house of God and yet, at the same time, a sense of extreme vileness and unprofitableness. From time to time he speaks of soul refreshment and comfort in conversation with the ministers that traveled with him and seems to have little or nothing of melancholy, till he came to the west end of Long Island, in his return. After that he was oppressed with dejection and gloominess of mind, for several days together. For an account of the four first days after his return from his journey, I refer the reader to his public journal. Monday, October 28th. Had an evening of sweet refreshing. My thoughts were raised to a blessed eternity. My soul was melted with desires of perfect holiness, and perfectly glorifying God. Tuesday, October 29th. About noon rode and viewed the Indian lands at Cranberry was much dejected, and greatly perplexed in mind. Knew not how to see any body again, my soul was so sunk within me. Oh that these trials might make me more humble and holy. Oh that God would keep me from giving way to sinful dejection, which may hinder my usefulness. Wednesday, October 30th. My soul was refreshed with the view of the continuance of God's blessed work among the Indians. Thursday, October 31st. Spent most of the day in writing enjoyed not much spiritual comfort, but was not so much sunk with melancholy as at some other times. Friday, November 1st. See the public journal. Saturday, November 2nd. Spent the day with the Indians and wrote some things of importance, and longed to do more for God than I did or could do in this present and imperfect state. November 3rd, and 4. See the public journal. Tuesday, November 5th. He left the Indians, and spent the remaining part of this week in traveling to various parts of New Jersey, in order to get a collection for the use of the Indians, and to obtain a schoolmaster to instruct them and in the meantime he speaks of very sweet refreshment and entertainment with Christian friends, and of his being sweetly employed, while riding, in meditation on divine subjects. His heart being enlarged, his mind clear, his spirit refreshed with divine truths, and his heart burning within him, while he went by the way and the Lord opened to him the scriptures. Lord's Day, November 10th. At Elizabethtown. Was comfortable in the morning both in body and mind preached in the forenoon from 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, etc. 
God was pleased to give me freedom and fervency in my discourse. And the presence of God seemed to be in the assembly. Numbers were affected, and there were many tears among them. In the afternoon preached from Luke 14:22. And yet there is room. Was favored with divine assistance in the first prayer, and poured out my soul to God with a filial temper of mind. The living God also assisted me in the sermon. The next day he went to Newtown on Long Island, to a meeting of the presbytery. He speaks of some sweet meditations he had while there, on Christ delivering up the kingdom to the Father. And of his soul being much refreshed and warmed with the consideration of that blissful day. Friday, November 15th. Could not cross the ferry by reason of the violence of the wind. Nor could I enjoy any place of retirement at the ferry house. So that I was in perplexity. Yet God gave me some satisfaction and sweetness in meditation, and in lifting up my heart to Him in the midst of company. And although some are drinking and talking profanely, which was indeed a grief to me, yet my mind was calm and composed. And I could not but bless God, that I was not like to spend an eternity in such company in the evening I sat down and wrote with composure and freedom. And can say through pure grace it was a comfortable evening to my soul an evening I was enabled to spend in the service of God. Saturday, November 16th. Crossed the ferry about 10 o'clock. Arrived at Elizabethtown near night. Was in a calm, composed frame of mind, and felt an entire resignation with respect to a loss I had lately sustained, in having my horse stolen from me the last Wednesday night, at Newtown. Had some longings of soul for the dear people of Elizabethtown that God would pour out His Spirit upon them, and revive His work amongst them. He spent the four next days at Elizabethtown, for the most part in a free and comfortable state of mind, intensely engaged in the service of God, and enjoying, at some times, the special assistances of His Spirit. On Thursday, this week, He rode to Freehold, and spent the day under considerable dejection. Friday, November 22nd. Rode to Mr. Tenet's and from thence to cross Weeksung. Had but little freedom in meditation, while riding. Which was a grief and burden to my soul. Oh that I could fill up all my time, whether in the house or by the way, for God. I was enabled, I think, this day to give up my soul to God, and put over all my concerns into His hands. And found some real consolation in the thought of being entirely at the divine disposal, and having no will or interest of my own. I have received my all from God. Oh that I could return my all to God. Surely God is worthy of my highest affection, and most devout adoration. He is infinitely worthy, that I should make him my last end, and live forever to him. Oh that I might never more, in any one instance, live to myself. Saturday, November 23rd. Visited my people. Spent the day with them wrote some things of importance but was pretty much dejected most of the day. There is nothing very material in his diary for the four next days, but what is also in his public journal. Thursday, November 28th. I enjoyed some divine comfort and fervency in the public exercise, and afterwards, and while riding to my lodgings, was favored with some sweet meditations on Luke 9.31, who appeared in glory, and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. My thoughts ran with freedom, and I saw and felt what a glorious subject the death of Christ is for glorified souls to dwell upon in their conversation. 
Oh, the death of Christ! How infinitely precious! For the three next days, see the public journal. Monday, December 2nd. Was much affected with grief, that I had not lived more to God. And felt strong resolutions to double my diligence in my master's service. After this he went to a meeting of the presbytery at a place in New Jersey called Connecticut Farms. Which occasioned his absence from his people the remainder of his week. He speaks of some seasons of sweetness, solemnity, and spiritual affection in his absence. Lord's Day, December 8th. See his public journal. Monday, December 9th. Spent most of the day in procuring provisions, in order to my setting up housekeeping among the Indians. Enjoyed little satisfaction through the day, being very much out of my element. Tuesday, December 10th. Was engaged in the same business as yesterday. Towards night, got into my own house. Wednesday, December 11th. Spent the forenoon unnecessary labor about my house. In the afternoon, rode out upon business, and spent the evening with some satisfaction among friends in conversation on a serious and profitable subject. Thursday, December 12th. See his public journal. Friday, December 13th. Spent the day mainly in labor about my house. In the evening, spent some time in writing. But was very weary, and much outdone with the labor of the day. Saturday, December 14th. Rose early, and rode by candlelight some considerable time spent most of the day in writing. But was somewhat dejected in the evening was exercised with a pain in my head. For the two next days see his public journal. The remainder of this week he spent chiefly in writing some part of the time under a degree of melancholy. But some part of it with a sweet ardency in religion. Saturday, December 21st. After my labors with the Indians, I spent some time in writing some things divine and solemn. And was much wearied with the labors of the day. Found that my spirits were extremely spent, and that I could do no more. I am conscious to myself that my labors are as great and constant as my nature will bear, and that ordinarily I go to the extent of my strength. So that I do all I can but the misery is, I do not labor with that heavenly temper, that single eye to the glory of God, that I long for. Lord's Day, December 22nd. See the public journal. Monday and Tuesday, December 23rd and 24. Spent these days in writing, with the utmost diligence. Felt in the main a sweet mortification to the world, and a desire to live and labor only for God. But wanted more warmth and spirituality, a more sensible and affectionate regard to the glory of God. Wednesday, December 25th. See the public journal. Thursday and Friday, December 26th and 27th. Labored in my studies, to the utmost of my strength. And though I felt a steady disposition of mind to live to God, and that I had nothing in this world to live for, yet I did not find that sensible affection in the service of God, that I wanted to have. My heart seemed barren, though my head and hands were full of labor. For the four next days see his public journal. Wednesday, January 1st, 1746. I am this day beginning a new year. And God has carried me through numerous trials and labors in the past. He has amazingly supported my feeble frame. For having obtained help of God, I continue to this day. Oh that I might live nearer to God this year than I did the last.
the business to which I have been called, and which I have been enabled to go through, I know, has been as great as nature could bear up under, and what would have sunk and overcome me quite, without special support. But alas, alas! Though I have done the labors, and endured the trials, with what spirit have I done the one, and borne the other? How cold has been the frame of my heart oftentimes! And how little have I sensibly eyed the glory of God, in all my doings and sufferings! I have found that I could have no peace without filling up all my time with labors. And thus necessity has been laid upon me. Yea, in that respect, I have loved to labor but the misery is, I could not sensibly labor for God, as I would have done. May I for the future be enabled more sensibly to make the glory of God my all. For the space from this time till the next Monday, see the public journal. Monday, January 6th. Being very weak in body, I rode for my health. While riding, my thoughts were sweetly engaged, for a time, upon the stone cut out of the mountain without hands, which break in pieces all before it, and waxed great, and became a great mountain, and filled the whole earth. And I longed that Jesus should take to himself his great power, and reign to the ends of the earth. And oh, how sweet were the moments, wherein I felt my soul warm with hopes of the enlargement of the Redeemer's kingdom. I wanted nothing else but that Christ should reign, to the glory of his blessed name. The next day he complains of want of fervency. Wednesday, January 8th in the evening my heart was drawn out after God in secret my soul was refreshed and quickened. And, I trust, faith was in exercise. I had great hopes of the ingathering of precious souls to Christ. Not only among my own people, but others also. I was sweetly resigned and composed under my bodily weakness. And was willing to live or die, and desirous to labor for God to the utmost of my strength. Thursday, January 9th. Was still very weak, and much exercised with vapory disorders. In the evening enjoyed some enlargement and spirituality in prayer. Oh that I could always spend my time profitably, both in health and weakness. Friday, January 10th. My soul was in a sweet, calm, composed frame, and my heart filled with love to all the world. And Christian simplicity and tenderness seemed then to prevail and reign within me. Near night visited a serious Baptist minister, and had some agreeable conversation with him and found that I could taste God and friends. For the four next days see the public journal. Wednesday, January 15th. My spirits were very low and flat, and I could not but think I was a burden to God's earth, and could scarcely look anybody in the face, through shame and sense of barrenness. God pity a poor and profitable creature. The two next days he had some comfort and refreshment. For the two following days see the public journal. The next day he set out on a journey to Elizabethtown, to confer with the correspondents, at their meeting there. And enjoyed much spiritual refreshment from day to day, through this week. The things expressed in this space of time, are such as these. Serenity, composure, sweetness, and tenderness of soul. Thanksgiving to God for his success among the Indians. Delight in prayer and praise. Sweet and profitable meditations on various divine subjects. Longing for more love, for more vigor to live to God, for a life more entirely devoted to Him, that He might spend all His time profitably for God and in His cause. Conversing on spiritual subjects with affection. 
and lamentation for unprofitableness. Lord's Day, January 26th. At Connecticut Farms. Was calm and composed. Was made sensible of my utter inability to preach without divine help. And was in some good measure willing to leave it with God, to give or withhold assistance, as he saw would be most for his own glory. Was favored with a considerable degree of assistance in my public work. After public worship, I was in a sweet and solemn frame of mind, thankful to God that he had made me in some measure faithful in addressing precious souls, but grieved that I had been no more fervent in my work. And was tenderly affected towards all the world, longing that every sinner might be saved. And could not have entertained any bitterness towards the worst enemy living in the evening road to Elizabethtown while riding was almost constantly engaged in lifting up my heart to God lest I should lose that sweet heavenly solemnity and composure of soul I then enjoyed. Afterwards was pleased to think that God regneth, and thought I could never be uneasy with any of his dispensations, but must be entirely satisfied, whatever trials he should cause me or his church to encounter. Never felt more sedateness, divine serenity, and composure of mind. Could freely have left the dearest earthly friend, for the society of angels and spirits of just men made perfect my affection soared aloft to the blessed author of every dear enjoyment. I viewed the emptiness and unsatisfactory nature of the most desirable earthly objects, any further than God is seen in them and long for a life of spirituality and inward purity. Without which, I saw, there could be no true pleasure. He retained a great degree of this excellent frame of mind the four next days. As to his public services for and among the Indians, and his success at this time, see the public journal. Saturday, February 1st. Torb's night enjoyed some of the clearest thoughts on a divine subject, viz. that treated of 1 Corinthians 15 13 16. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, etc. that ever I remember to have had upon any subject whatsoever. And spent two or three hours in writing them. I was refreshed with this intenseness my mind was so engaged in these meditations, I could scarcely turn it to anything else. And indeed I could not be willing to part with so sweet an entertainment. Lord's Day, February 2nd. After public worship, my bodily strength being much spent, my spirits sunk amazingly. And especially on hearing that I was so generally taken to be a Roman Catholic, sent by the Papists to draw the Indians into an insurrection against the English, that some were in fear of me, and others were for having me taken up by authority and punished. Alas, what will not the devil do to bring a slur and disgrace on the work of God? Oh, how holy and circumspect had I need to be! Through divine goodness, I have been enabled to mind my own business, in these parts, as well as elsewhere. And to let all men, and all denominations of men, alone, as to their party notions, and only preach the plain and necessary truths of Christianity, neither inviting to, nor excluding from, my meeting any, of any sort or persuasion whatsoever. Towards night the Lord gave me freedom at the throne of grace, in my first prayer before my catechetical lecture and in opening the 46th Psalm to my people, my soul confided in God, although the wicked world should slander and persecute me or even condemn and execute me as a traitor to my king and country. Truly God is a present help in time of trouble. In the evening my soul was in some measure comforted, having some hope that one poor soul was brought home to God this day. 
though the case did by no means appear clear. Oh that I could fill up every moment of time, during my abode here below, in the service of my God and King. Monday, February 3rd. My spirits were still much sunk with what I heard the day before, of my being suspected to be engaged in the pretender's interest it grieved me, that after there had been so much evidence of the glorious work of grace among these poor Indians, as that the most carnal men could not but take notice of the great change made among them, so many poor souls should still suspect the whole to be only a popish plot, and so cast an awful reproach on this blessed work of the Divine Spirit and at the time wholly exclude themselves from receiving any benefit by this divine influence. This put me upon searching whether I had ever dropped anything inadvertently, that might give occasion to any to suspect that I was stirring up the Indians against the English and could think of nothing, unless it was my attempting sometimes to vindicate the rights of the Indians, and complaining of the horrid practice of making the Indians drunk, and then cheating them out of their lands and other properties and once, I remembered. I had done this with too much warmth of spirit, which much distressed me. Thinking that it might possibly prejudice them against this work of grace, to their everlasting destruction. God, I believe, did me good by this trial. Which served to humble me, and show me the necessity of watchfulness, and of being wise as a serpent, as well as harmless as a dove. This exercise led me often to the throne of grace. And there I found some support. Though I could not get the burden wholly removed, was assisted in prayer, especially in the evening. He remained still under a degree of exercise of mine about this affair, which continued to have the same effect upon him, to cause him to reflect upon, and humble himself, and frequent the throne of grace but soon found himself much more relieved and supported. He was, this week, in an extremely weak state and obliged as he expresses it to consume considerable time and diversions for his health. For Saturday, February 7th and the Sabbath following, see his public journal. The Monday after he set out on a journey to the forks of Delaware, to visit the Indians there. He performed the journey under great weakness, and sometimes was exercised with much pain. But says nothing of dejection and melancholy. He arrived at his own house at the forks on Friday. The things appertaining to his inward frames and exercises, expressed within this week, are, sweet composure of mind, thankfulness to God for his mercies to him and others, resignation to the divine will, comfort in prayer and religious conversation, his heart drawn out after God, and affected with a sense of his own barrenness, as well as the fullness and freeness of divine grace. Lord's Day February 16th in the evening was in a sweet composed flame of mind. It was exceeding refreshing and comfortable to think that God had been with me, affording me some good measure of assistance. I then found freedom and sweetness in prayer and thanksgiving to God, and found my soul sweetly engaged and enlarged in prayer for dear friends and acquaintance. Blessed be the name of the Lord, that ever I am enabled to do anything for His dear interest and kingdom. Blessed be God who enables me to be faithful. Enjoyed more resolution and courage for God, and more refreshment of spirit, than I have been favored with for many weeks past. Monday, February 17th. I was refreshed and encouraged and found a spirit of prayer, in the evening, and earnest longings for the illumination and conversion of these poor Indians. Tuesday, February 18th. See the public journal. Wednesday, February 19th. 
my heart was comforted and refreshed, and my soul filled with longings for the conversion of the Indians here. Thursday, February 20th. God was pleased to support and refresh my spirits, by affording me assistance this day, and so hopeful a prospect of success. I returned home rejoicing and blessing the name of the Lord. Found freedom and sweetness afterwards in secret prayer, and had my soul drawn out for dear friends. Oh, how blessed a thing is it, to labor for God faithfully, and with encouragement of success. Blessed be the Lord forever and ever, for the assistance and comfort granted this day. Friday, February 21st. My soul was refreshed and comforted, and I could not but bless God, who had enabled me in some good measure to be faithful in the day past. Oh, how sweet it is to be spent and worn out for God. Saturday, February 22nd. My spirits were much supported, though my bodily strength was much wasted. Oh that God would be gracious to the souls of these poor Indians. God has been very gracious to me this week. He has enabled me to preach every day. And has given me some assistance, an encouraging prospect of success in almost every sermon. Bless be his name. Divers of the white people have been awakened this week, and sundry of the Indians much cured of prejudices and jealousies they had conceived against Christianity, and some seem to be really awakened. Lord's Day, February 23rd. See the public journal. The next day, he left the forks of Delaware, to return to Crossweeksung, and spent the whole week till Saturday, before he arrived there. But preached by the way every day, excepting one and was several times greatly assisted, and had much inward comfort, and earnest longings to fill up all his time in the service of God. He utters such expressions as these, after preaching oh that I may be enabled to plead the cause of God faithfully, to my dying moment. Oh how sweet it would be to spend myself wholly for God, and in this cause, and to be freed from selfish motives in my labors. For Saturday and Lord's Day, March 1st and 2, see the public journal. The four next days were spent in great bodily weakness. But he speaks of some seasons of considerable inward comfort. Thursday, March 6th. I walked alone in the evening, and enjoyed sweetness and comfort in prayer, beyond what I have of late enjoyed my soul rejoiced in my pilgrimage state, and I was delighted with the thoughts of laboring and enduring hardness for God felt some longing desires to preach the gospel to dear immortal souls and confided in God, that he would be with me in my work, and that he never would leave nor forsake me, to the end of my race. Oh, may I obtain mercy of God to be faithful to my dying moment. Friday, March 7th in the afternoon went on in my work with freedom and cheerfulness, God assisting me, and enjoyed comfort in the evening. For the two next days see the public journal. Monday, March 10th. My soul was refreshed with freedom and enlargement and I hope, the lively exercise of faith, in secret prayer, this night. My will was sweetly resigned to the divine will, and my hopes respecting the enlargement of the dear kingdom of Christ somewhat raised, and could commit Zion's cause to God as his own. On Tuesday he speaks of some sweetness and spirituality in Christian conversation. On Wednesday complains that he enjoyed not much comfort and satisfaction, through the day, because he did but little for God. On Thursday, spent considerable time in company, on a special occasion. But in perplexity, because without sovereign religious conversation. For Friday, Saturday, 
and Lord's Day, see the public journal in the former part of the week following he was very ill, and also under great dejection, being, as he apprehended, rendered unserviceable by illness, and fearing that he should never be serviceable any more, and therefore exceedingly long for death, but afterwards was more encouraged, and life appeared more desirable, because, as he says, he had a little dawn of hope, that he might be useful in the world. In the latter part of the week he was in some measure relieved of his illness, in the use of means prescribed by a physician. For Saturday and Lord's Day, March 22nd and 23, see his public journal. Monday, March 24th. After the Indians were gone to their work, to clear their lands, I got alone, and poured out my soul to God, that he would smile upon these feeble beginnings, and that he would settle an Indian town, that might be a mountain of holiness. And found my soul much refreshed in these petitions, and much enlarged for Zion's interest, and for numbers of dear friends in particular. My sinking spirits were revived and raised, and I felt animated in the service God has called me to. This was the dearest hour I have enjoyed for many days, if not weeks. I found an encouraging hope, that something would be done for God, and that God would use and help me in His work. And oh, how sweet were the thoughts of laboring for God, when I felt any spirit and courage, and had any hope that ever I should be succeeded. The next day his schoolmaster was taken sick with a pleurisy. And he spent great part of the remainder of this week in attending him which in his weak state was almost an overbearing burden. He being obliged constantly to wait upon him, from day to day, and to lie on the floor at night. His spirit sunk in a considerable degree, with his bodily strength, under this burden. For Saturday and Lord's Day, March 29th and 30, see the public journal. Monday, March 31st. Torb's night enjoyed some sweet meditations on those words it is good for me to draw near to God. My soul, I think, had some sweet sense of what is intended in those words. The next day he was extremely busy in tending the schoolmaster, and in some other necessary affairs, that greatly diverted him from what he looked upon as his proper business but yet speaks of comfort and refreshment at some times of the day. Wednesday, April 2nd was somewhat exercised with a spiritless frame of mind, but was a little relieved and refreshed in the evening with meditation alone in the woods. But, alas! My days pass away as the chap. It is but little I do, or can do, that turns to any account. And it is my constant misery and burden, that I am so fruitless in the vineyard of the Lord. Oh that I were spirit, that I might be active for God! This, I think, more than anything else, makes me long, that this corruptible might put on interruption, and this mortal put on immortality. God deliver me from clogs, fetters, and a body of death, that impede my service for him. The next day he complains bitterly of some exercises by corruption he found in his own heart. Friday, April 4th. Spent most of the day in writing on Rev. 2217. And whosoever will, etc enjoyed some freedom and encouragement in my work, and found some comfort in prayer. Saturday, April 5th. After public worship a number of my dear Christian Indians came to my house, with whom I felt a sweet union of soul. My heart was knit to them, and I cannot say I have felt such a sweet and fervent lure to the brethren for some time past. And I saw in them appearances of the same love, 
This gave me something of a view of the heavenly state, and particularly that part of the happiness of heaven, which consists in the communion of saints and this was affecting to me. For the two next days see the public journal. On Tuesday he went to a meeting of the presbytery appointed at Elizabethtown. In his way thither he enjoyed some sweet meditations. But after he came there he was as he expresses it very vapory and melancholy, and under an awful gloom, that oppressed his mind. And this continued till Saturday evening, when he began to have some relief and encouragement. He spent the Sabbath at Staten Island, where we preached to an assembly of Dutch and English, and enjoyed considerable refreshment and comfort, both in public and private. In the evening he returned to Elizabethtown. Monday, April 14th. My spirits this day were raised and refreshed, and my mind composed, so that I was in a comfortable frame of soul most of the day. In the evening my head was clear, my mind serene. I enjoyed sweetness and secret prayer, and meditation on Psalm 73:28. But it is good for me to draw near to God, etc. Oh, how free, how comfortable, cheerful, and yet solemn, do I feel when I am in a good measure freed from those damps and melancholy glooms that I often labor under. And blessed be the Lord, I find myself relieved in this respect. Tuesday, April 15th. My soul longed for more spirituality. And it was my burden, that I could do no more for God. Oh, my barrenness is my daily affliction and heavy load. Oh, how precious is time and how it pains me, to see it slide away, while I do so very little to any good purpose. Oh that God would make me more fruitful and spiritual. The next day he speaks of us being almost overwhelmed with vapory disorders. But yet not so as wholly to destroy the composure of his mind. Thursday, April 17th. Enjoyed some comfort in prayer, some freedom in meditation, and composure in my studies. Spent some time in writing in the forenoon and the afternoon spent some time in conversation with several dear ministers. In the evening preached from Psalm 73:28. But it is good for me to draw near to God. God help me to feel the truth of my text, both in the first prayer and in sermon. I was enabled to pour out my soul to God, with great freedom, fervency, and affection. And blessed be the Lord, it was a comfortable season to me. I was enabled to speak with tenderness, and yet with faithfulness and divine truths seemed to fall with weight and influence upon the hearers. My heart was melted for the dear assembly, and I loved every body in it. And scarce ever felt more love to immortal souls in my life my soul cried, Oh that the dear creatures might be saved! Oh that God would have mercy on them! He seems to have been in a very comfortable frame of mind the two next days. Lord's Day, April 20th. Enjoyed some freedom, and, I hope, exercise of faith and prayer, in the morning. Especially when I came to pray for Zion. I was free from that gloomy discouragement that so often oppresses my mind. And my soul rejoiced in the hopes of Zion's prosperity, and the enlargement of the dear kingdom of the great Redeemer. Oh that his kingdom might come! Monday, April 21st. Was composed and comfortable in mind most of the day and was mercifully freed from those gloomy damps that I am frequently exercised with. Had freedom and comfort in prayer several times. And especially had some rising hopes of Zion's enlargement and prosperity. Oh, how refreshing were these hopes to my soul! Oh that the kingdom of the dear Lord might come!
Oh that the poor Indians might quickly be gathered in, in great numbers. Tuesday, April 22nd. My mind was remarkably free this day from melancholy damps and glooms, and animated in my work. I found such fresh vigor and resolution in the service of God, that the mountains seemed to become a plain before me. Oh, blessed be God for an interval of refreshment, and fervent resolution in my Lord's work. In the evening my soul was refreshed in secret prayer, and my heart drawn out for divine blessings. Especially for the Church of God, and His interest among my own people, and for dear friends in remote places. Oh that Zion might prosper, and precious souls He brought home to God. In this comfortable, fervent frame of mind He remained the two next days. For the four days next following, namely Friday, Saturday, Lord's Day, and Monday, see his public journal. On Tuesday he went to Elizabethtown, to attend the meeting of the Presbytery there and seemed to spend the time while absent from his people on this occasion, in a free and comfortable state of mind. Saturday, May 3rd. Rode from Elizabethtown home to my people, at or near Cranberry. Whether they are now removed, and where, I hope, God will settle them as a Christian congregation. Was refreshed in lifting up my heart to God, while riding and enjoyed a thankful frame of spirit for divine favors received the week past. Was somewhat uneasy and dejected in the evening. Having no house of my own to go into in this place but God was my support. For Lord's Day and Monday see the public journal. Tuesday, May 6th. Enjoyed some spirit and courage in my work. Was in a good measure free from melancholy blessed be God for freedom from this death. Wednesday, May 7th. Spent most of the day in writing, as usual. Enjoyed some freedom in my work. Was favored with some comfortable meditations this day and the evening was in a sweet composed frame of mind. Was pleased and delighted to leave all with God, respecting myself, for time and eternity, and respecting the people of my charge, and dear friends. Had no doubt but that God would take care of me, and of his own interest among my people. And was enabled to use freedom in prayer as a child with a tender father. Oh, how sweet is such a frame! Thursday, May 8th in the evening was somewhat refreshed with divine things, and enjoyed a tender, melting frame in secret prayer, wherein my soul was drawn out for the interest of Zion, and comforted with the lively hope of the appearing of the kingdom of the great Redeemer. These were sweet moments I felt almost loth to go to bed, and grieved that sleep was necessary. However, I lay down with the tender, reverential fear of God, sensible that His favor is life, and His smiles better than all that earth can boast of, infinitely better than life itself. Friday, May 9th. See the public journal. Saturday, May 10th. Rode to Allen's town, to assist in the administration of the Lord's Supper in the afternoon preached from Titus 2.14. Who gave himself for us, etc. God was pleased to carry me through with some competency of freedom. And yet to deny me that enlargement and power I longed for in the evening my soul mourned, and could not but mourn, that I had treated so excellent a subject in so defective a manner. That I had borne so broken a testimony for so worthy and glorious a Redeemer. And if my discourse had met with the utmost applause from all the world, as I accidentally heard it applauded by some persons of judgment, it would not have given me any satisfaction. Oh, it grieved me to think, that I had had no more holy warmth and fervency, 
that I had been no more melted in discoursing of Christ's death, and the end and design of it. Afterwards enjoyed some freedom and fervency in secret and family prayer, and longed much for the presence of God to attend His word and ordinances the next day. Lord's Day, May 11th. Assisted in the administration of the Lord's Supper. But he enjoyed little enlargement was grieved and sunk with some things I thought undesirable, etc. In the afternoon went to the house of God weak and sick in soul, as well as feeble in body and longed that the people might be entertained and edified with divine truths, and that an honest fervent testimony might be born for God. But knew not how it was possible for me to do anything of that kind, to any good purpose. Yet God, who is rich in mercy, was pleased to give me assistance, both in prayer and preaching. God helped me to wrestle for his presence in prayer, and to tell him that he had promised, where two or three are met together in his name, there he would be in the midst of them. And that we were, at least some of us, so met. And pleaded, that for his truth's sake he would be with us. And blessed be God, it was sweet to my soul thus to plead, and rely on God's promises. Discoursed upon Luke 9 30, 31. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias, who appeared in glory, and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. Enjoyed special freedom, from the beginning to the end of my discourse, without interruption. Things pertinent to the subject were abundantly presented to my view. And such a fullness of matter, that I scarce knew how to dismiss the various heads and particulars I had occasion to touch upon. And, blessed be the Lord, I was favored with some fervency and power, as well as freedom. So that the word of God seemed to awaken the attention of a stupid audience, to a considerable degree. I was inwardly refreshed with the consolations of God. And could with my whole heart say, Though there be no fruit in the vine, etc. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. After public service, was refreshed with the sweet conversation of some Christian friends. The four next days seemed to have been mostly spent with spiritual comfort and profit. Stillwater's Revival Books is now located at PuritanDownloads.com. It's your worldwide online Reformation home for the very best in free and discounted classic and contemporary Puritan and Reformed books, MP3s, and videos. For much more information on the Puritans and Reformers, including the best free and discounted classic and contemporary books, MP3s, digital downloads, and videos, please visit Stillwater's Revival Books at PuritanDownloads.com. Stillwater's Revival Books also publishes the Puritan Hard Drive, the most powerful and practical Christian study tool ever produced. All thanks and glory be to the mercy, grace, and love of the Lord Jesus Christ for this remarkable and wonderful new Christian study tool. The Puritan Hard Drive contains over 12,500 of the best Reformation books, MP3s, and videos ever gathered onto one portable Christian study tool. An extraordinary collection of Puritan, Protestant, Calvinistic, Presbyterian, Covenanter, and Reformed Baptist resources. It's fully upgradable and it's small enough to fit in your pocket. The Puritan hard drive combines an embedded database containing many millions of records with the most amazing and extraordinary custom Christian search and research software ever created. The Puritan hard drive has been produced to assist you in the fascinating and exhilarating spiritual, intellectual, 
familial, ecclesiastical, and societal adventure that is living the Christian life. It has been specifically designed so that you might more faithfully know, serve, and love the Lord Jesus Christ, as well as to help you to do all you can to bring glory to His great name. If you want to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, then the Puritan hard drive is for you. Visit PuritanDownloads.com today for much more information on the Puritan hard drive and to take advantage of all the free and discounted Reformation and Puritan books, MP3s, and videos that we offer at Stillwater's Revival Books.